to be a Pentecostal Christian. It is good to have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It is good to assemble together as the church. It is good to engage in spiritual worship. Amen. It is good to get loose or get tight or however it is, you know, whichever end you, you, you're coming from because I can remember being told to, you know, let go and hold on in the same prayer. It is good to experience a relationship with God that is so precious that you, quite frankly, do not care what anybody in this world has to say about you. Amen. It is good to be a part of God's church. It is, <laughs> it is good to know that even while the world does not accept us, we have been accepted in the beloved. Amen. I'm thankful that I'm in the Pentecostal church. Now, I don't say that to look down on anybody else. I don't, you know, I don't say that to criticize anyone else, criticize anyone else's denomination or what you might have been raised in. I was not raised in the Pentecostal church. But I'm glad God sent me to a Pentecostal church. Now, I experienced a Pentecostal church when I was young, as I've told you often, about my aunt's church up in Rossville, and we would go up there, and I was just a kid, and it wasn't like the church I went to on Sundays, and it just seemed to me like they had more fun than we did. There's nothing wrong with having a good time in a house of God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having an expectation. You know, I'm going to church today. I'm going to church tonight because I've been praying about something. I've been dealing with something. And you know what? This very service just might be the service that the Lord chooses to pour his love out on me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we come to the house of God with such expectations because we know that the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior. We know that he is our healer. We know that he is our deliverer. And we know that he is a very present help in time of trouble. Praise God. The impression that the world has for us as Pentecostal Christians, a lot of times it's one of fear. And we've had it happen here. We don't do it on purpose. But folks who are not familiar with Pentecostal worship, we've had not many. We've had a couple over the years. They come in here, man, and we just scare them to death. Start speaking into the tongues? You know, what are they, what are they doing? I mean, I can, I can understand. I've seen, from my vantage point, I've seen a look on their faces. It's all right. You know, I, I, years ago, Brother David, I love Brother W.D. Johnson. I can't wait to get to heaven and see old Brother W.D. Johnson again. For those of you who remember Brother Johnson, great man of God. He was my first pastor when I came into the church of God. I just, I just love, 90 pounds soaking wet. He baptized me in water. Oh, man, we got back in the, in the, in the room where we was getting ready for my water baptism. And, you know, we, we changed clothes. And I looked at him. I thought, he'll never get me up. He did. Praise God. I baptized thee, my brother, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And I went down. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to help him come back up. I didn't. And the anointing of the Spirit of God got on that man. He jerked me up. And up I came. All these distinctives, as Brother Ray H. Hughes would say, concerning who we are. 
they're good. They scare some folks. The world absolutely has no use for us. And you know, here's the reason, because we have, have absolutely no use for it. We are not of this world any longer. We are sojourners, folks. We are travelers. The moment we got saved, we went from being a citizen to somebody that's just passing through to where our home really is. Another thing about the Pentecostal church I appreciate so much is, praise God, we just believe that whole Bible's true. Amen. We believe that whole Bible's true. We understand the distinction between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We just believe that whole Bible's true. So there are elements that we do emphasize because we enjoy them so much. You know, we, we, we enjoy singing, lifting our hands, worshiping. Man, we, I love it. I've told folks at youth camp, be right in the middle of one of them red-hot altar services at Forest Lake Youth Camp, and I turned around, and they several brothers can tell you, because I've told several of them, I just grabbed them, looked them right in the eye, and said, I love this more than taking my next breath. And I meant it. I love it more than taking my next breath. The demonstration of God's presence and power is, you know, it's better felt than told, and it's real. But sometimes in our emphasis of that, we kind of pass over the other work of the Spirit of God that he does for every person who is saved. Amen. There is a work of the Holy Spirit in the salvation of many women, boys, and girls that I want to emphasize tonight because it is part of the message that we have. You know what that world, and I, and I speak, you know, God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. But I'm not in love with the world. I have compassion for people who are bound in the world because that's the truth. They're bound. You know what lost people are? Unhappy. You know what lost people are? Dissatisfied. You know what lost people are? Disappointed. And you know what lost people are? I just felt the Holy Ghost. <whistles> Searching. We have a message for that world that's lost. You don't have to stay lost. Amen. So what I want to do tonight, and, and, and for the sake of saving time, I'm going to crank it up in our amplification beginning with verse 1. And excuse me, the medication I take makes my mouth dry. Verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. How many folks are glad tonight that you're ready to face a holy God. Not, you know, the, the uh, call to worship, not because of works that we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us, we are no longer under condemnation. Now, I, I could just dwell on that for a couple of hours, but we ought to be shouting happy. Praise God. I am no longer under condemnation. I am no longer eligible for the righteous judgment of a holy God upon sin. But Christ, praise his name, has redeemed me. There's a whole lot to that. You, you want peace? Lay your head down at night to go to bed with peace. You do it with this assurance and knowledge that I'm saved. And if I don't wake up in this world, I will wake up in the presence of God. Amen. Verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, Holy Spirit, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. 
We have a message of liberty to folks who are lost, bound in this world. Verse 3, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Wait a minute, Brother Andrew, what are you talking about? Are you telling me that I can be free from the bondage of sin? Yes. Brother Andy, are you telling me that I can be free from the addiction of the lust of the flesh? Yes. Brother Andy, are you telling me that I don't have to live like animal anymore? And that I don't have to be dissatisfied, discouraged, disappointed, and depressed. That's another thing that world is. Yes. We have a me and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I'm talking to somebody that, that needs to hear this message tonight. I think the purpose of this message tonight is for the Lord to remind us of the message that we have to share with that world that's lost. I don't know why I keep pointing to the world over there. There's much, such as much world over here as there is over there. I just keep pointing over there for some reason. To the east. We have a message to share with a world of disappointed, discouraged, disgruntled, dispressed, depressed, pitiful people. That message is you don't have to live that way any longer. Amen. Now, I don't knock people who do, who, who, you know, say, well, we work with addicts and we work with at-risk people and we work with, you know, uh, folks that need help. That's all well and good, and I applaud that and I support it. But I'm here to tell you there ain't no 12-step program that can replace one step toward Christ Jesus. Uh, whoo! Are you telling me that Christ Jesus can deliver me that quick? That's exactly what I'm telling you tonight. Amen. We serve, we worship a Savior who is a deliverer, whose power is able to deliver us from the dominion and the control of sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 4. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And what does that same uh, chapter have to say about our mind? That our minds are to be renewed. Our minds are to be changed. Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit, Holy Spirit, control your mind leads to life and peace. Allowing the Holy Spirit to control your mind. Your mind's going to be controlled anyway. You can either let your sinful nature control it or you can let the Holy Spirit control it. And if you want life in peace 
accept Christ as your Savior, believe on him with all of your heart, get yourself in the Word of God, and open yourself up and allow the Holy Spirit to control your mind and the things that you think. You know, the Word of God tells you, think on the good things. I about had it with the news. I'm tired of all of them. Well, then you can't be tired of Fox. I'm tired of Fox. I'm tired of the whole. Why? It's rotten. Always something. It's, every, it's something every day. This catastrophe, that catastrophe. Lord, I mercy Jesus. What are we going to do if the Democrats take control of Congress? I'm going to keep believing in Jesus Christ. I don't care who controls Congress. Ha! What are you telling me, brother? I'm telling you that the God that we serve omnipotent reigns. Blessed is his holy and righteous name. And he has promised no matter what circumstance I may find myself in. And take notice, this New Testament was written to folks who were in a lot worse situations than we are. Some of them were slaves. Amen. They were in a lot worse situation than we are. Many of them were martyred for their faith. And yet in spite of that, they had peace. Praise God. They lived a joyful life. They weren't discouraged and depressed. They were hopeful. How is it can a man say, as Paul wrote to Timothy, I am ready to be offered up. My time's about done, folks. I am ready to be offered up. I've run a good race. I've fought a good fight. I'm ready to be offered. I'm not afraid of the Romans or of their sword that's about to remove my head from my body. Because I am that man a while back who was taken up. And I am the one who saw things that are unlawful for me to share. I'm the one who got knocked off my whatever I was riding on the road to Damascus and heard the voice of Jesus Christ. I'm the one who was called. I know in whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I ain't afraid to die. Praise God. Are you telling me that kind of life is available to me? That is exactly what I'm sharing with you tonight. That we have a life to live in Christ Jesus the Lord. What messes a lot of other folks? They want to get involved in all this other junk out in the world. And it's Einstein's proverb come to pass. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, you're insane. Amen. But if we will go back to our Pentecostal roots, and I'm not talking about getting in a bunch of you know, legalistic stuff. I'm just talking about making a decision that you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. There, I, I, in order to see, we, we're up against time. We ain't got time. We're up against time. And there's going to be some stuff I'm going to have to let go. If I'm going to spend my time serving God, if I'm going to spend my time being led by the Holy Spirit, if I'm going to spend my time occupying my place in the body of Christ so that when I do get there, I hear my Savior say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. That no sweeter words you'll ever hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And then he's going to say this. You've been faithful over a few things. He's not going to say you've been faithful over everything. Because we all mess up. He said you've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you rule over, over many. 
Praise God. There's nothing to be compared to the assurance that we can have from the word of God that we are saved. Amen. Verse 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But, speaking to the Romans and speaking to us, the apostle says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of God living in them do not belong to him at all. Amen. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit. I'm going to share the old elephant story with you. Some of you say, oh, Lord, I, I can share it because I've done it a gazillion times. Some of you have never heard it once, and you need to hear it tonight. It's not really a story. It's just it's a fact. And I got this. I, you know, I, I watch a lot of the Discovery and stuff, you know, channels, History Channel and all those kind of I, I'm a geek, nerd, whatever, but I like it. And it has helped me in the ministry over the years, the stuff I've learned from there. If you ever notice the Indian elephants that they, folks in India, they still do use them like for bulldozers and to pick up heavy stuff and all this junk. But anyway, at the end of the working day, they'll put a, a, a chain around that big old elephant's leg and they'll drive a stob in the ground and that elephant won't move. And you look at that and you go, man, all that elephant has to do is pick up his foot. It'd pull that stob right out of the ground. It'd go wherever it wants to. In the morning, the elephant is the same place where he left it. Why is that? Because when that elephant was small, they put a chain around its foot, its ankle, and attached it to something that it could not move and got it firmly implanted in that elephant's mind that when they put the chain on my ankle, I can't move. So it doesn't even try how many people the devil has convinced them that you can't move that stop when the word of God says we are no longer controlled by the sinful nature amen all you what do I need to do all you need to do is believe the word of God and here's the thing. It's not a question of going, you know, just get like, like the little engine that could. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. No, it's not all that. It's what thus saith the Lord. I'm a child of God. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The Spirit of the Most High God dwells in this body. Glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I am no longer, because the Word of God says, I am no longer controlled by my sinful nature. I'm now controlled by the Holy Spirit, and I can walk in obedience to the Word of God. Amen. There's somebody hook on methamphetamines that needs to hear, hey, there is a deliverer. His name is Jesus. There is power in his name to deliver you. And that is our job. That is what we have been called to go into the whole world, preach the gospel to every creature. Salvation, sure. Eternal life, absolutely. But also abundant life to be lived in this world. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. And you can't have abundant life when you're down in the dumps and depressed and discouraged and all this other junk that is, that is really 
part of that vestigial sinful nature, if you will, when you can be reading the Word of God and can be encouraged. Well, Brother Andy, you don't know what I face. We know what I face. You had been with me last night. You, said, you know, I had fever. I had a fever break. Get a fever break. Get a fever break. I got up. I felt like I'd been drugged behind a train. And called Kevin. Kevin, I can't make it, brother. Can you cover it? Yeah, I can. Isn't it great? Somebody said they thought that God did that to me on purpose just so Kevin could preach it. I might say that he may have allowed that to happen to me on purpose so Kevin could preach this morning. I say to God be the glory. Amen. But we live in the expectation. What is this great, what is this abundant life? We live in the expectation that today, 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 tonight, right now, the trumpet can sound with the voice of the archangel, our Savior, will step out and we will be redeemed. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, and it could happen before the sun breaks in the morning. Woohoo! Lord, brother, Andy, what if the Democrats win the, the Congress? It ain't gonna stop Jesus from coming back. I may not be particularly, you know, and I'm not trying to get political, I'm just telling you, them folks don't believe what I believe. I don't believe in murdering unborn children. Ooh, Brother Andy, you might. You, I, <laughs> I, I, we had a, a discussion on uh, the discussion board I'm a part of on the internet, and you know, and, and, and I said, look, I said we do stuff that the professionals say will, will kill your attendance and kill your church. I said, yet we thrive. Amen. You know why? Because that book's true. You know what? Our, our Pentecostal forefathers had it right. They did not have it wrong. They were not wrong. They were right. They were not incorrect. They were correct. Now, they were uh, politically incorrect, but they didn't care. Amen. And I, will, I, I say, Lord, let some of that rub off on me. Praise God. Hallelujah. When I did the prayer the other morning for the 9-11 uh, meeting at the courthouse, I, and I still got the copy of it, uh, I wrote it out. Generally, I don't wrote, do that. You know, I just, I just lied in praying with the Lord and led me in a different way. And I read more scriptures about Jesus coming back than I did anything else. Because, man, that's where I'm coming from. I'm looking for Jesus. I can hear old Doyle Bethune singing that song right now. I, I'm looking for Jesus to come any night. Any, how many of y'all remember old Doyle singing that? I'm looking for Jesus to come any day. If you don't come tonight, looking for him at daylight. I'm looking for Jesus. We can have an abundant life. That is not based on our bank account. It's not based on uh, our uh, 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 popularity or the power that we possess over other people. We can have an abundant life based on the fact that we are the children of God. We have been redeemed. We have been saved. Our sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Our names are written in the Lamb Book of Life, Lamb's Book of Life. And the Holy Spirit of Almighty God dwells within us. And every promise of this book is for us. Amen. And we can walk in it. Verse 10. We'll wind this down. And Christ lives within you even so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. 
The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. We have no obligation to do what the lust of our condemned flesh urges us to do. And otherwise, we are not under bondage. We are not enslaved. We have been set free. For if you live by the dictates of the sinful nature, you'll die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all, everybody who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We have not received a spirit of fear. A spirit that makes us fearful slaves. We received God's spirit. What I refer to as the Holy Spirit of adoption. The work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Justification, regeneration, we get on down to the occasions. But our salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit. Did we receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved? Sure you do. There's a difference between that and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to empower us to bear witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. To empower us. That Holy Spirit baptism empowers us. What do you mean by that, Brother Manny? I'm telling you that the Spirit of God is able to give you command of the ground that you are standing on. And that when you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're just not reading words and you ain't selling Amway, friends. But this gospel becomes alive as it proceeds out of your mouth. And those who hear it are come face to face with the truth. God creates a crisis moment in that life. We must choose. You can be saved if you want to be saved. Ain't that great? Exactly what Brenda said in her, in her testimony tonight. Hallelujah. I'm glad you don't have to wait on me once a year to go behind a curtain with a rope around my ankle just in case I ain't what I ought to be. Drop dead. Pull him out. Get another one. Wait till next year. But he is available to us at all times. And especially, especially when we need him the most. Woo-hoo! I can pray anytime, but I tell you, especially when I, that's been my experience, especially when I need him the most. When it's like, it's a do or die, what are, you know, it's dire circumstances. Lord, I got to have you. I need you. When I need him the most, he makes himself available to me. So I don't have to run after him. But I can reach out and touch him. Amen. Oh, I thank you, Lord.
You know how I get a senior moment? I don't say a senior moment, but I get a, like a blackout moment when I can't remember anything. I just had one, and the Lord rescued me before I had to ask y'all who this lady was. How many of y'all remember May Terry? See? Not, not enough of you remember May Terry. How many of y'all remember what happened when May Terry lifted her hand toward heaven? Every time. Every time. Sister May, she raised that hand up, power of God snatch her neck back every time that brother down at our mercy church of God his same way he lift that hand toward heaven power of God move on him amen we have been given all the resources that we need to do the work that the Lord has commissioned us to do we have a message to a lost world you better get right with God because Jesus is about to come back and take his own out of here. And you do not want to be left behind. I don't care how many books have been written on that subject. I, I take folks to Thessalonians. You better read the second chapter of Second Thessalonians. Find out what's going to happen to folks who are left behind when Jesus comes. It's not fun. You want to, be, you want to go. When the rapture trumpet sounds, resurrection takes place, you want to have assurance in your heart that you are gone. And I'll end on this one. How many times, and, and I don't want to, uh, don't raise your hand or anything, because I'm sure everybody's guilty. How many times have you in the presence of somebody that you knew was saved, and all of a sudden, you know, they were just there just a minute ago, but they're gone? <laughs> Thank God. What an honest person in the house of God. Jessica couldn't help it. She had to go, yeah. You knew they were saved. And, you just, and they were just right there, and you didn't see them when they walked around the corner of the house, but dear God, they're gone. And you get this feeling in, in, a, in the pit of your stomach. Oh, no. And you go, whatever their name is, you start, hey, hey, hey. And what a relief it is when they say, yeah, I'm over here. I'm saying that we can live with such assurance in our heart and life that if they turn the corner... It don't phase us. Lord, I know you hadn't come back because I'm still here. Amen. We can live with that assurance. We can live with that confidence. And we can live with the liberty. Romans chapter 6 says, For sin shall no longer have dominion over you. We are not dominated by that. We have been given new life in Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We have been empowered through the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, to witness this gospel effectively and powerfully. Every time God gives us a divine appointment, we're ready to meet it. Amen? We're ready to share it. I, I, I forgot who I was talking to now. But years ago, when the Jehovah's Witness came up on the porch at Brother and Sister Boland's house, now I'm in a kitchen eating. Here comes Sister Boland. Get out on the front porch. I'm unfamous pie. Jehovah's Witnesses is out there. Get out there. I won't tie up no Jehovah's Witnesses. I won't go home and take a nap. I said, get on. Yes, ma'am, I'm going. Go out there. There was an older lady, younger lady. And I just, you know, and I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a streak of meanness. Somebody said my eldest last night was the meanest working out of me. But I hit them where it hurts. 
I told the old lady, I said, listen, it's like this. I said, you show me Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society have declared, have returned bodily to the earth. You introduce me to them, and I'll listen to anything you want to tell me. I said, and oh, by the way, what date have you folks fixed this week for the second coming of Jesus, seeing as how you have missed it about 50 times before now? And by the way, what doctrine do you folks preach today because you change it about as often as I change clothes? So she didn't have an answer to that. The older lady didn't. And I thought, well, praise God. I showed these folks. Lord said, witness that young lady now. And the quickest I've ever shared my testimony, I shared with that young lady as she was walking off. That old lady was trying to get her out of my way. But I won't tell you what, I felt the power of the Spirit of God when I was talking to that woman. I said, Lord, plant a seed in her like you planted in Paul or Saul of Tarsus at the time. Plant a seed in that young woman that she can't get away from. I have received Christ Jesus as my Lord. He has saved me. I'm not working for my salvation, but I have received the grace of God. That old lady got that woman. I walked down the sidewalk with her. She was trying to get her way. I just followed behind her. Talking about Jesus, what he did for me. Praise God. You don't have to live in bondage. You can be set free. Sunday night come around. I'm working the sound booth in the back. Brother Tatum's preaching. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Lord, the Spirit of God, just caught me up. And I was like this. Both my arms were out. My head was back, leaned back in that chair. Brother Tatum said, my God, Brother Andy's beside himself. He was trying to get everybody else in on it. I don't blame him. If it happened here, if Dalton did that, I'd be trying to get everybody else in on it too. I don't blame Brother Tatum for that. But the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, this is your reward. Because you obeyed my voice and you witnessed to that young woman. Was it worth it? I've never had that experience again. But I wouldn't take anything for it. Because when Paul said, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if I, was, I had a vision. I don't know if I was caught. I don't know. And John said, I don't know. I don't know what it, I had an, just a little bit of an understanding what them brothers was talking about when they said, I don't know what it was. All I know is that it was real. Beloved, the Lord has given us that which is real. We have that which is real. We have a message to share. We don't look down our nose at anybody. But not to, to the lowest of the low, to the hopeless to the helpless, to the ones that everybody else has given up on, we have a message. There is power in the name of Jesus. To those folks that the enemy has deceived into thinking, I've done too much, I've gone too far, there's no hope for me. And all these folks that come up to me <laughs> over the years, oh, brother, and they shake it. What's the matter? Uh, I, I, need, I need to ask you something. I said, what? I said, said have I blasphemed the Holy Ghost? And before they say anything else, I say, no. How do you know? Because if you had, you wouldn't be worried about it. But you worried about it, and you shake it, and you all tore up, and the devil's trying to 
introduce some kind of bondage over you, and I have good news to share with you. You have not. You have life. You've hope. You've been under conviction. You have hope. Amen. The Lord is able to save to the uttermost whosoever will. He's done with me. Stand your feet tonight.